We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alexander, got it! Very nice early post up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one! Oh! And T. Ferg rocking the rim! What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, a part of the incredible and rapidly growing Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to uh, follow them on Twitter for all of your sports coverage. Specifically right now, we have the NFL, college football, college basketball, and NBA all in full swing. It's a great time to be a fan of sports. Um, Sorry, baseball fans, but this is like my favorite time of the year all these different sports going on so definitely give them a follow because they will have you guys covered with video coverage different tweets uh, and obviously different podcasts so be sure to go and visit them um this is your boy taylor taylor peterson and we are proudly brought to you today by manscaped unfortunately or i guess maybe fortunately depending on how you look at it a uh, hashtag tanking season the thunder lost to the san antonio spurs tonight 121 to 112 they fell to three and five on the season, and honestly, it was a really fun game between uh, certain players getting hot, which I'll get into here in a second, Uh, a lot of baskets being traded between both teams all game, which makes for, obviously, a fun and exciting game um, compared to, like, a defensive grind. Definitely, there was a lot of back and forth. There was, like, two teams who honestly kind of play a similar brand of basketball, which is really interesting. You know, uh, if you were to say that last year, for example, or any year prior to that, for that matter, I think a lot of people, a lot of NBA fans would be very confused. <laughs> but this year, I do feel like it's two teams who who really kind of play similar. So it was kind of fun to watch. 
So just kind of a quick little rundown before we jump to some stats and then eventually some themes uh, from the game tonight. I thought the Thunder played solid in the first half on both ends of the four, and obviously that's outside of LaMarcus Aldridge going 9-10 in the first half from the field, <laughs> which would continue, which I'll get into. Um, but I really did think they played solid on both ends. Uh, scoring was well-balanced. I think Gallic obviously took the charge on that in the first half. But the, the first half was capped off by a Chris Paul step-back three-pointer over a defender to tie it at the half. And it was just, it was super exciting. Gave us some momentum going into the half. And personally, I had a lot of optimism and thought that we could go in, uh, kind of tighten up the defense, tighten up the rebounds in the second half. And we had a good shot. But unfortunately, neither of those happened. And while that was due to one guy, which I'll repeat over and over on this podcast probably, um, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Deontay Murray, Forbes, they pretty much took it from there in the second half. The Spurs scored 36 in the third quarter. Again, that's 36. That's a pretty significant number. And the Thunder's offense allowed them to hang in there, particularly throughout that third quarter when they gave up 36 points. Um, but they cooled off towards the end of the third without finding their defense, and the rest is pretty much history. So real quickly, before I jump into my main themes of the game, uh, I want to jump into the box score here for a second because there are some pretty significant stat lines I feel like need to be mentioned. So first off, my player of the game, I have Danilo Gallinari, um, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 7 of 10 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3-point land, and he was 8 of 9 from the free throw line, which is fantastic. And I will get into him in a little more depth here in a little bit. Um, Steven Adams had 10 points and 5 rebounds. It wasn't a great night for him again, although he was 5 of 6 from the field, which was nice. Um, Shea had 21 points. He only had one rebound and three assists, uh, but he was 9 of 18 from the field. He was 50%. Uh, he barely, he only took one three, which he missed. He was, honestly, was great again overall. I love Shea, obviously. Just a super exciting and fun player to watch. Chris Paul actually had a really solid game up until about the fourth quarter, uh, but overall, I thought he played it solid. He had 19 points, um, five assists, and he was 50% 50, 50 from the field as well, 7 of 14. Two, four from three. And then two other significant stat lines point out. Uh, Hami was 11, two, and two. Uh, I thought he played a solid game. And Shooter had, did not have a, a great game compared to his previous couple of games that he's had. Uh, he also scored 11 points. He had nine assists, but he was only four of 11 from the field. Forced a couple shots. It wasn't great. And then meanwhile, in San Antonio, yeah, well, Marcus Aldridge shooting 39 points, or ha having 39 points, shooting 19 of 23 from the field, which is just absurd, only shooting one three-pointer. Um, and then Forbes, you know, he, he had 14 points, um, six rebounds. I thought he played a great game. He was four of seven from three-point land, which is just killer. And then you have Deontay Murray, um, 17 points, eight rebounds, 10 assists, two rebounds away from a triple-double. Um, had a great game as well. So one thing here I think contested uh, that we we love about these post game podcasts is they're personalized based off whoever is covering that respective game. Um, but one thing we try to do for this season is to come up with some sort of consistent structure for each game to kind of keep things uniform while still maintaining that uniqueness, uh, kind of based off the personnel. Because you know obviously we have five guys and we're trying to split up games. We want each one to have its own feel, but still have some sort of structure. So like a good example of this, I think is Kamiar did a great job um, a couple post game podcasts ago with his stock up and his talk down themes for his categories and his themes of the game. While my last post game podcast, I did positive and negatives. And then we now have implemented uh, Kamiar's moment of the game category. 
in all of our post game pods. You know, Jacob did that the last game, which I, I love. I think we're going to continue that going forward. So while I do have a moment of the game, I realized that each of my categories or my themes I came up with for this game kind of fell into a matchup category. And I'll go into details here in a second. Um, but before we get into that, let's jump into our sponsor for the night. So support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the boat grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Pretty clever line there, not gonna lie. Look, it's officially No Shave November. I know you guys will be needing to shave a lot come December 1st, let's be completely honest. So we're actually doing November at work right now, at my at my work, and so I, I fall into this category. But with shaving comes some risk, especially when shaving in sensitive places below the belt. Um, so that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag you. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and let's be honest, guys, don't use the same trimmer you use on your face that you use below the belt because that's just that's pretty gross. Manscaped also has the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpit, so why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Come on, guys. It's a pretty easy decision there. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. And always use the right tools for the job and your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BLUEWIRE. So now, my matchups, my matchup themes for the game. My first one, I have LaMarcus Aldridge versus Danilo Gallinari. I think that's the most obvious one um, from tonight's game, which was so fun to follow. And we're going to start with, obviously, the most hot, the most consistent player tonight, LaMarcus Aldridge, a proven thunder killer. He just had a crazy game tonight, to be honest. 39 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, a 19-23 shooting. The man has 4 total shots, which is just absolutely absurd. His first half was great, but he scored 20 points in the second half on 13 more shots. He was just incredibly efficient. Um, it was the most like it was the epitome of a Lamarcus Aldridge game. You know, I feel like you won't even hear about Lamarcus Aldridge for like an extended period throughout the season. Then all of a sudden he'll go primarily up against the Thunder, obviously, but also against other teams. We'll just drop a crazy game like this, and uh, that's exactly what happened tonight. We haven't really heard much about him. Didn't really think much about him heading into the season, and he just has an incredibly uh, efficient and big time game against the Thunder. The crazy part is that some of the shots he made were just pretty much impossible to guard um, with great defense. So I think a really good example of this is in the fourth quarter. There was a position, a possession where Aldridge had the ball. He was about midway between the wing and the block on the left side of the court. And as Jacob, uh, our guy, Thunder Mob 405, you guys probably know him as on our podcast, uh, he pointed out in our Slack, Adams honestly played textbook defense on Aldridge on display. He played off. Played up on LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, he stayed straight up. He even stepped into LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge's uh, spin spin move that he had and without fouling. I mean, it was textbook defense. Got a hand in his face to contest a shot, but it didn't matter. It was just that kind of night for Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge. He was able to pull up above Steven with a hand in his face, just drill the two-point shot. And it was just, it was beautiful. It really was. It was, it was incredible. And he just, he couldn't miss. It was that kind of night. Now, 
enough about LaMarcus. I know you guys aren't here to, to listen about LaMarcus Aldridge. So I have uh, some good news for you on that end. My other part of this was, uh, my other part of this matchup was Danilo Gallinari. You know, OKC okay, so had a guy scoring lights out as well and who kind of kept them in the game even with LaMarcus shooting lights out and the defense struggling. And that was obviously Danilo. He had 27 points on 7-10 shooting. He was 5 of 6 from 3-point land. He missed one shot from three, which is a very foreign concept to Thunder fans. Trust me. I've been here from the very beginning. I know. <laughs> and he was 8-9 from the free throw line, which honestly, that may have been my favorite thing from Gallo tonight. Um, he was great and aggressive offensively, more so than I think he has been all season. You know, he's been really good this season, um, off and on, kind of in spurts. But this is his most complete game particularly offensively he was just he was on fire he was feeling it he was being aggressive I just I'd love seeing him drive and, and draw the foul which opened up his three-point shot which he had going all night so he's he's using a little versatility in his offensive game opened up his three-point shot and he was he just he basically couldn't miss from three unfortunately we either a couldn't get him the ball enough or b LaMarcus just made sure that it didn't matter <laughs> uh, which is crazy but maybe the best news out of all this, and I kind of joked around on Twitter when I was on the account, and I was like, you guys, I'm not sure if we should really trade Gallo. Maybe we should just keep him. And, like, there's a part of me who would love to just have Gallo on the team for, well, like, for the entirety of the season, to be honest. Um, if you're able to have a player like this, I mean, he just, he raises your team to a whole nother level. Um, and I actually have a Twitter question about this, about if he were on a previous version of the Thunder, so I'll save that. Um, but I say all that, to mention that a game like tonight honestly it just it raises his trade value so much and that's just something to keep in mind so um while he's such a fun player to watch and such a fun player to have on your team his trade value is skyrocketing right now when you have a team like the blazers cough cough um over there who have lost Zach collins now for an extended period and obviously narkic is out for an extended period and Whiteside maybe isn't quite the center that they were hoping for um they're looking for a front court player not that gallo can play center per se but a uh, front court player to, to slide into that four role um, so teams obviously like that. That's the obvious one. But uh, we were talking about this on our, on, uh, our last podcast, I believe, our, our last group podcast. You can literally cite Gallo onto any contender. And he raises them just about a whole new level if he can stay healthy. And so far, knock on wood, I'm knocking on wood. So far, he seems okay and ready to go. Um, so my next matchup here, I have DeJounte Murray versus SGA. And that was a great matchup. Uh, I tweeted before the game. I was excited. Just, just to see these two match up against one another um, now that SGA is on the Thunder, obviously, and it's kind of taken a, a new step in his game. Honestly, I think it's two of the best young point guards in the league uh, on both ends of the floor, defensively and offensively, and, and two kind of rising stars at the point guard position. So it's going to be really fun to kind of watch these two, particularly go up against one another as they continue to mature and, and go throughout uh, their careers. So Murray quietly uh, almost had a triple-double. I, he had 17 points, uh, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. He was 2 rebounds away from a triple-double. So he obviously had a great game, but he was kind of overshadowed tonight by uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously. So we didn't really notice him all that much. He wasn't super noticeable on the floor, but still had a fantastic game. However, SGA continued to put on a show, a show of his own. Uh, some of his shots under the basket where he twists and just, like, contorts his body to finish around defenders. It's just, it's honestly, it's jaw-dropping. I've... I just find myself just in awe uh, throughout the 
the eight games so far this season. I just can't believe the way he's able to maneuver his way to the basket and the way he's able to just he's just so crafty with the ball as we mentioned over and over i combine that with his length and versatility defensively which does still need some work on the defensive end um but overall you know there's just so much to be excited about and i continue to be amazed by sga on a nightly basis he was also kind of overshadowed tonight by gallo just as uh murray was overshadowed by uh lamarcus aldridge which you know is kind of a funny comparison there a a funny coincidence but regardless i'm excited for this sga versus murray matchup moving forward as i mentioned so one other matchup and theme that i want to continue with here that was huge for okc um in a very negative way unfortunately uh, was the rebounding okc's rebounding versus san antonio's rebounding uh, this is a huge issue for okc tonight the thunder were out rebounded 47 to 31 with the Thunder giving up 12 offensive rebounds. And as Jacob pointed out to me um, when we were chatting post-game, that lets you the Spurs having 14 more field goal attempts than OKC. When that happens, you're in trouble. That's not ideal at all, and that's not how you win a basketball game. And, you know, obviously it also led to a good chunk of LaMarcus, Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge's points um, that weren't his, his money mid-range shot, which is just like automatic today, which was absolutely crazy. But there... But one more stat I wanted to bring up uh, concerning rebounds, and this was super interesting. Be sure to follow the guys at the Thunder Guys. That's literally they're at. Um, they're a great follow on Twitter, and they tweet out in a really interesting stat here that I wanted to, first of all, give them credit for. And second of all, I thought it fit perfectly into this, this matchup that I mentioned. Um, they tweet out that 31 total rebounds is the lowest the Thunder has recorded in a game since February 12th. 2013 against the Utah Jazz when OKC finished with just 26. So that gives you guys a pretty good perspective on how poorly the, the Thunder rebounded. And honestly, that leads to a continued concern about Steven. I'm not sure if he's not 100% healthy. Maybe he's not. But regardless, it's something to be concerned about because obviously that's something uh, you want Steven to uh, be able to excel at. And I thought having him back healthy and playing like he did, for example, this past game uh, before tonight. Not that he had a bad game tonight, uh, but like he did the previous game, kind of help us in the rebounding category, and it, it hasn't yet. And again, a lot of that may be just um, not having Russell Westbrook there. Steven not used to getting those defensive rebounds. Or um, maybe it's just him not being completely healthy. Who knows? But regardless, it's concerning. Um, but Steven will say for another podcast. That's a, a different topic for another, another podcast. But finally... My last topic that I have here, um, my last matchup per se for tonight's game was OKC's offense versus OKC's defense. And I'm going to make this last one kind of quick because um, obviously I've, I've gone a little long here. I want to be sure to get your guys' Twitter questions and I have a fun little segment here coming up. But tonight's game was literally an inverse of the rest of the season for this Thunder team. What I mean by that is that the offense kept them in the game while the defense struggled. And I know you guys are probably having some PTSD if you're long-term Thunder fans because that is something we've been used to in the past, <laughs> um, the past couple seasons specifically. But per a chart from NBA Math on Twitter, you can follow them at NBA Math. It's, it's a great a Twitter account. I've really enjoyed following them this season. I just started following them to start the season off this year. But um, prior to tonight, the Thunder ranked third defensively and and towards the bottom half of the league offensively, we'll put it that way. Uh, not great. Um, but per the Thunder, and, and also additionally per the Thunder, uh, before tonight, the Thunder had held teams to 16.5 points during the fourth quarter. 
but that wasn't the case tonight, <laughs> unfortunately, mainly due to Aldridge just being unconscious. But it just, it was, like I mentioned earlier, it was just a complete inverse uh, of the season we've seen so far where the defense has been solid. Uh, the offense has been fine, but not nearly as highly ranked as the defense has. So that was just a really interesting point that I wanted to bring up for tonight's game. So I, I mentioned Aldridge being unconscious. And that leads me to my next section, which I'm very excited about. I wanted to throw in here. Um, many of you ask questions about Aldridge and why he always kills us on tw uh, when you guys were replying to me on Twitter. Um, and on top of that, Carson Cunningham and Eric Horn, they both tweeted out asking about first-team All-NBA Thunder Killers. So while this is a post-game, and I, I know I've already gone long enough, I wanted to try and dive into this. I think this will be, be pretty fun. I'll try, be, try and be brief with it. Um, and I won't go into stats or details like I wanted to originally, which is why this is kind of a little late. I went to basketball reference, trying to do some research, but I decided to just be more fun and easier if I just threw out some names. So here's my list for fun. All NBA Thunder Killers, first team. I have JJ Barea at point guard. He seems to absolutely always kill us. The Hobbit himself. I just, I don't understand it. That man will destroy the Thunder until he's 50 years old. It is the most ridiculous thing. Next, and I'm not going, I, I thought about going by position here. Um, and if we want to, we could say that this would be the shooting our position, but you have to throw Damian Lillard in there. And I know he doesn't repetitively do this maybe throughout his career, um, but it seems like he always has. And then you add into the recency bias of last year's play, last season's playoffs, the first round, you have to throw Damian Lillard in there. What he did, his symbolic wave goodbye. We've talked about this so many different times. I know this is a, a sore subject for Thunder fans, but he obviously has to be, I, I think he has to be a, up there on uh, first team, the starters for the all-NBA Thunder Killers. Next, I have Andrew Wiggins. The man struggles against any other team on any other night. Um, he has been one of the biggest disappointments I, that I can think of. Um, drafted in the past maybe maybe 10 years he might be like top 10 10 years that might be extreme but honestly he really has not been great um so many people expected him to be a really impressive coming out of kansas and to to contribute and be a potential all-star and he has been certainly has not been that but whenever he plays the thunder he sure has <laughs> it is ridiculous again i wish i had stats to back this up but andrew wiggins just absolutely torches the thunder Last season was a great example of that, but Wiggins just continues to to play gr great against OKC, and it's too bad he cannot play OKC against OKC every single game. Um, or maybe if we trade for Wiggins when we trade CP3 to Minnesota, uh, Wiggins will just turn to an all-star. That's a joke, but we will see. Um, then you have to throw Clay Thompson in there. Obviously, Clay Thompson is not a power forward, um, but I have him fourth here on my list because that game six was just absurd he's done it before to okc although obviously not to that extreme but again kind of the dame lillard dame lillard category i think you have to throw clay in there and then for my center or my fifth position you have to throw lamarcus aldridge in there um obviously and you know i've talked a lot about lamarcus tonight i think you have to throw him in here and then really quickly some some bench players. I have four that I just, I won't go into detail on. I'll just name them off. Most Bates, that man always went off against the Thunder. It felt like Zach Randolph, you know, the grit and grind Grizzlies playing those, those, um, playoff series against OKC early on. And in their history, Zach Randolph always seemed to go off against the Thunder. 
Buddy Hilled in his his early career. Obviously, he goes off just against just about anybody anymore. But early on, when he was he was struggling in his career, it seemed like the Thunder were the team that he kind of got it going against. And then uh, Nurkic, obviously, you know, a potential MVP candidate, although not so far this season. But again, kind of the same category as Buddy early on in his career seemed to go off against OKC. So that is my team right now. That's just off the top of my head after tonight. I'm sure I could go into more detail and find some more unique, more fun players outside of some of the bigger names you guys have probably heard of. But I just want to throw it together really quick because I thought it was a, a fun topic to throw in here based off of all those questions you guys gave me about LaMarcus and then uh, all the questions that it prompted on Twitter with LaMarcus going off against OKC. So I want you guys to tweet us your first team, all NBA Thunder Killers, um, if you're listening to this and, and just tweet them out to us, you know, reply to this tweet when I, whenever I post a podcast or, uh, just add us directly, whatever you want to do, I'd love to see, or we would love to see your guys' first team, all NBA Thunder Killers. So for my moment of the game, moving on, I think it has to be CP3 step back three buzzer beater to end the half. It truly was like peak CP3, prime CP3, whatever you want to call it. It was super exciting. You know, the Thunder were kind of struggling there at the end of the at the end of the half. They were playing a really solid first half. Lamarcus kind of got it going there again and um, kind of started to shift the momentum towards the San Antonio Spurs. But we kind of went on a little run uh, between SGA. I think it was even Diallo in there at some point. And then um, CP3 comes in. He kind of got hot at the end of the, the first half. And then he hits this three-point shot over a defender. He fades away. It was just, it was phenomenal. You guys will have to look it up. It's on the Thunder's Twitter account. It ties the game, gave the Thunder hope, and kind of made us feel good heading into the half before LaMarcus Aldridge just, he just basically took off, um, absolutely took over. So that has to be my moment of the game. I wish I had a more exciting win uh, towards the end of the game or in the second half, but that CP3 buzzer beater was a lot of fun. It just shows you that CP3 is still capable of some fun stuff like that. So my final section here, I want to answer your guys' Twitter questions because you guys gave me quite a few here, and I'm really appreciative of that. I want to make sure to take some time to answer you guys. The first one comes from Zach Attack at ZA Sports Show. Um, when can we trade Adams? And that is a interesting question because honestly, you know, I know a lot of us are low on Adams. I know I've joked around tweeting about Noel and how well he played there while Adams was injured. Um, Obviously, this team is so much better with Adams in the lineup. It's just, I mean, they're a playoff, a potential playoff team when Adams is in the lineup compared to when he's not, the way the team is currently constructed, obviously, pre-deadline. However, I still am intrigued by the idea of trading for Steven and seeing what you can get in return. Um, there's some teams like the Celtics, for example. Kevin O'Connor tweeted today that they he, he feels that they are one piece away from making that leap to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Sixers in terms of Eastern Conference title contenders. And a center like Steven Adams, I honestly feel like would take them there. But you take away a player like maybe Jalen Brown, who Preston would probably probably want in return, and maybe that doesn't really get you there. Um, but that's a trade that's really fun to think about. Obviously, the Sacramento Kings, they've struggled early on so far this season when me personally and a ton of people thought that they were going to be a playoff contender um they haven't quite looked that way so maybe they aren't super excited about Deadman, and they would like to see steven adams a, a rim running center 
play alongside a guy like De'Aaron Fox. You know, I think Nick Crane, one of our guys here at the Incontestant, I think he retweeted and posted on our account like a poll. A Bleacher Reporter, I think, had an article um, proposing some trades, and one of them was a Stephen Adams trade to Sacramento. And like, okay, see, we get Harry Giles and uh, a draft pick and some people in return. Uh, I thought that was interesting, but regardless, I think Sacramento is absolutely a team. So long story short, I'm not going to say we should trade Adams. Um, you're asking when can we trade Adams? And I, all I'm going to say is I would not be entirely shocked if Presti goes that route come February. But I think Adams could probably be in the same boat as CP3. You know, next summer, uh, that might be a, a good time to look at trading Adams again like he did this past summer, uh, according to rumors, obviously, and, and reports. And then uh, CP3 as well. So next we have Chincho at CMF Official. Why Aldridge hates us so much. Um, and then we have Stan SGA. And I can't even see his at because he has a really, really long name. He asked, do you think LA and the rest of the Thunder, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge being LA, and the rest of the Thunder Killers drink a little of this for a confidence booster? And he posted a picture of Michael's secret stuff. Um, guys, I, I have no idea. LaMarcus Aldridge just decides to go off against us, just like Andrew Wiggins just like J.J. Barea, just like the first-team all-NBA killers that I mentioned for me personally. So I would love for both of you guys to be sure to tweet us your your guys, your, your lineup of, of first-team all-NBA Thunder killers that you think um, would be included there because I, I, I really don't have the answer for that. It really is pretty crazy, pretty astounding. Even when you trade away the core of your team, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and these players can still come and, and just go off against your respective team. It's pretty crazy. So my next question is a pretty good question um, from Juice at 9NE3. He asked, how would Thunder fans be feeling right now had SGA not taken the jump that he did? And I think that's a really good question because I think all of our – we had high expectations um, heading into the season for SGA based off A, what we had heard, and B, because – I've mentioned this before in this podcast, but we had that rust-sized hole in our hearts, and maybe we still do. So because of that, we just kind of hoped that SJ was going to be so much better than he had been his his rookie year. And the best part about that is, is he's been all that and more. Um, so Juice, I think my question or my answer to your question would be that if he had not taken that jump, it would absolutely hurt. Still, um, the trade would not look nearly as great. Although it still would not be absolutely like defeating because we still have all those draft picks, um, and so because of that, you know you you still would feel okay and have a little bit of a cushion there, but obviously SGA taking the jump that he did just makes it so much better, uh, so much more exciting and optimistic for Thunder fans because you have a legit cornerstone you can start to build around with SGA, and honestly, you know we we were talking a a player who could be a potential All Star. He's looking like a potential all-NBA player if he can keep this up and continue to make strides moving forward in his career. So finally, at Sam Tomlinson, um, I'm going to click on his tweet here, at Peckman Tomlinson, asked, how good are the Thunder two years ago if you replace Melo with Gallo? Western Conference Finals? And that is a great question. I wanted to answer this one to end it off because I thought that was really fun. If the Thunder have Gallo instead of Melo two years ago, and now you have to take you have to take into consideration two years ago Gallo was injured. He was not the Gallo of last year with the Clippers, and he is not the Gallo so far, again, knock on wood, uh, of this season with the Thunder. 
But if we're saying that we get this year and the previous season's Gallo to replace Melo two years ago um, on this Thunder team, yeah, I mean, they're that's the perfect fit. against uh, Around guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George, that is the perfect stretch forward that you want. And then you still have Jeremy Grant you can bring off the bench for help defense at the, at the four position. And then obviously you have Steven um, at the center. Holding down the holding down the fourth, the five, and I just I think that would have been perfect. I really do. Um, I don't know about Western Conference Finals. Um, again, this is post game podcast. If this were a weekly podcast, maybe I go into a little more detail and and dive back into uh, two years ago and and all different teams they would have faced. But you would have to think that they would have at least passed the first round against the Utah Jazz. So thank you guys again for sending in those Twitter questions. Those were great. I always love answering those. And we really appreciate you guys sending those in. Uh, so please continue to do so for our post-game podcast and our group podcast. We'll try and get to as many of those as we can. So I think that's all I have. Um, thank you guys again for listening to The Uncontested. The Thunder ended up losing tonight 121-112 to 112 against the San Antonio Spurs. But you know what? It's fine. Uh, the silver lining is the more games we lose, the better chances we have at a better lottery pick this upcoming NBA draft. So you know what? We'll take it. Um, looking ahead, we have the Golden State Warriors Saturday at 7. Uh, obviously not the Warriors of past seasons. Very different team, although we'll see what, is it Pascal, Eric Pascal or whatever, see what he can do. Um, but after that, the season gets quite a bit, the, the schedule gets quite a bit tougher. We have the Milwaukee Bucks. We have the Indiana Pacers. We have the Philadelphia 76ers, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Lakers again. And it's, it's going to be a tough rest of November heading into December. So hang in there, Thunder fans. We have a very fun team uh, that we're extremely excited about. We're very thankful to cover here at The Uncontested. We're very thankful for you guys for listening. If you guys wouldn't mind, if you guys love what you've been hearing, if you guys love what we've been tweeting out, we would love for you guys to go and leave us a five-star review and a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you guys listen to your podcast. It helps us a ton in terms of our growth and trying to reach uh, a, a broader NBA and OKC Thunder audience. Um, but thank you guys again for listening to us. Be sure to check out the Blue Wire Podcast Network for all of your sports coverage. Be sure to follow them on Twitter as well because, like I said, they've been posting some great videos and highlights and uh, tweets for NBA, NFL, college football, college basketball. Give them a follow. And speaking of Twitter, be sure to follow us at the underscore contested. Follow me at Taylor underscore P15. Follow all the rest of our guys. And be sure to stay tuned. We will have a post-game podcast for you guys Saturday, Saturday night after the Golden State Warriors game. And then we will have a group podcast recapping the previous week. Looking forward to the week ahead on Sunday. So until next time, thank you guys again. And as always, Thunder. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.